listening to the Mind Manual Podcast, Episode 33, The Lottery of Life. If you want a particular result in your life, but you're unable to get it, tune in to start training your brain and expanding your emotional intelligence to unlock the most powerful and underutilized performance tool that we have. It's the most important work you could do because it affects every area of your life. Everyone, welcome back. I hope you've had an amazing week. I've just come back from a trip to Vanuatu. I love to travel and experience all the different cultures to see how others do life and what that might look like and feel like coming from their perspective, which is really impossible to do, but it does give you some amazing insights. So I wanted to share with you what might have been coming from this South Pacific island. We stayed at a small boutique resort on a small stretch of paradise that was owned by some Aussies but serviced by the locals. The contrast we came across in order to get to this secluded spot was confronting. For most of them, you could see they were firmly in the grip of the poverty trap. No decent infrastructure, no social security or government support. It was a basic subsistence existence with only a third of the population continuing on to high school. Unemployment is high and so many are going about their day seemingly without much purpose or productivity. There is no real organised agriculture, a plot here and there of a few veggies, barely enough to feed a family with what little they have left to offer for sale from a small shelter put together with sticks on the roadside. Imagine myself in their situation, which brought the big realisation into focus of how any one of us could have been born into that situation. It is through no choice or effort or greatness on our part that we didn't. The only thing owing to my arrival into my birth country and my birth family was the lottery of life. That's it. The one and only factor that places me in the position I'm in, over them, or any other person on earth. And yet, how many of us consider themselves greater than for having turned up where we did? How many of us feel more entitled, more deserving, more worthy than others who are not so lucky in this lottery? We get trapped into using our material and physical resources as a measure of our intrinsic worth as a human. Because they were born on the wrong side of the world, the neighbourhood or street, we marginalise them against a set of circumstances of which they had no control over. And at the same time, we claim our birth heritage as being somehow linked to our intrinsic worth in being more valuable and more important than the others. Consider our special talents and skills which are another way we tend to measure someone's worthiness. The discovery and nurturing of those qualities will yet again come from the opportunities and resources that we have access to, which again were only made available to us, not through our own greatness, but through the same lottery of life. Just think of all the ways we judge people based on their values, their beliefs, achievements, the colour of their skin, the way they look, their gender, their sexual orientation, all of which were preordained for the most part, depending on which culture and set of circumstances 
they were conditioned by and none of which they had any control over. And yet we use these things to define us in all the ways. Collectively, they form the basis to define our worthiness, our rights and potential as a human. We use them to inform us on how we conduct our affairs, in formulating our rules and laws and biases, depending on whether they believe this, whether they were born there or practice that. All of this came to them by the preordained beginnings of the circumstances they were born into through no choice of their own. If when you look around and you see these differences, and you hear the judgment in your thoughts or feel the prejudices and you behave accordingly, maybe next time you could ask yourself this question. What if the lottery of my birth landed me there? Should I really be considered inferior and less than? Or should I really be considered superior and more than? Knowing you were not responsible for the conditions you were born into, all the resources and opportunities that were made available to you, then where did you get your greatness from? Or how did you lose it along the way? When you trace it back to our entry into this world and then consider the mental constructs that we categorise our judgments and values into, it can only really come from the minds and hearts of others who were born elsewhere. And that is it. We have taken this indiscriminate event and used it to create division, inequality and hierarchy. We have used it to define people's rights and our own self-image. Isn't that fascinating to consider how we have constructed a whole system for society to operate in, based on a random game of chance, none of which any of us played a part in actually rolling that dice. And yet, we claim it as our own success and victory, or lack thereof. We almost never take it back to our beginnings and consider where we were born or what actually landed us there. Can you imagine a world where each of us kept asking ourselves that question, what if the lottery of my birth landed me there? There for the grace of God go I. It's such a truth. And yet we give it no time. We're too busy getting all caught up in our own feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness or in craving the life we should have had. Both of these states bring with it a suffering that we create with our own thinking, and none of which is inherently true. We were all born into this world as equals. We are created and made manifest from the same infinite, unlimited and eternal source of energy that all matter and non-matter are made from. We were born into this world at the right time and the right place with the right parents that we need. How do we know? Because that's the way it happened. This was the happenstance of our life circumstance. It is up to us now to decide what we do with it, whether we want to transcend the circumstance of our life, to actualize ourself in mind, body and spirit, 
drawing on the inherent potential and value that we all have from our created beginning. To realize and actualize this for ourselves in whatever circumstance we find ourselves in is to claim sovereignty over the things we can control and come into peace and acceptance for the things that fall outside of our control. This requires a level of mastery of our mind, discipline with our body, and connection with the essence and presence of our spirit, all of which are independent from the birthplace and surrounding circumstances of our life. Looking back on the circumstances and way of life in Vanuatu, it totally fascinated me that they seemed quite happy and contented despite lacking the physical characteristics and pleasures of life that we perceive that we need. Most of the housing are basic shanties waiting to be demolished by the next cyclone. There was a big emphasis on community, religion and fellowship. And from what I could tell, this was the foundation and glue that held them together in an otherwise well-functioning and peaceful population. So where does that sense of peace and contentment come from? In what we would perceive to be an existence that is lacking in the comfortable pleasantries and luxuries of the modern life. I believe it comes from an acceptance of what is. In looking at what you do have and feeling grateful for that and seeing the inherited abundance of this natural beauty and gifts of life. The eyes to see, the plentiful air to breathe, the fruits and food from the earth, the love and connection of family, friends and community, the feeling of belonging, even just the simple gift of having this experience of life on earth. It's all the things that we usually take for granted but would miss the most if we didn't have them. I remember on our trip from the airport to the resort, the driver, a local native, was giving us a commentary of the sights as we passed the very rudimentary local market stall of holders, of growers displaying their handful of fresh produce for sale. The driver became animated and excited to tell us how lucky we were to have access to the beautiful fruits and veggies this week. The previous week they had bad weather that made access difficult. It was a genuine appreciation he had for what we consider a mundane fact of life that is available to us 24-7. The smile we all had on our faces in the bus reflected the cuteness for the novelty of the way he experienced this simple joy of life that we no longer have for this amazing gift from nature. In comparison, for those born on the other side, it's been reduced to an expectation that we now take for granted. So as our standards of living are increased, it seems that our sense of gratitude is also being reset to much higher and higher tolerances along the way, where it takes more and more to activate an instance of gratitude. It therefore doesn't necessarily follow that the more we have, the happier we are and the more grateful we become. Where does it all come from then and what's it all about? When I look at their existence at first sight, there doesn't appear to be much activity or purpose behind it. I know for myself, I tend to associate the activities of my day and working towards new goals and experiences, which feels purposeful and has a sense of accomplishment with it. 
but they don't seem to have much of that, given their limited opportunities and high unemployment. As I was preparing for this podcast, I was referred to a TED Talk by Brene Brown as part of a suggested list of resources in the Masters of Counselling that I'm currently studying. And in that, she explains how she spent six years of research work in her postdoctoral fellowship, where she collated thousands of stories and pieces of data. She decided that a topic of choice would be connection. She went on to say that this was because by the time you're a social worker for 10 years, what you realize is that connection is why we're here. It's what gives us purpose and meaning to our lives. This is what it's all about. She goes on to say that it doesn't matter whether you talk to people who work in social justice, mental health and abuse or neglect. What we know is that connection, the ability to feel connected, is neurobiologically how we are wired. It's why we're here. From this work, she concluded that vulnerability was not only the way to connection, but it also happened to be the birthplace of love, joy, and happiness, which I think makes sense when you compare it to the experience I'm talking about here in Vanuatu. What these people were lacking in, in their physical environment, and society's top list of desirables to have in life, they made up for with an abundance of mateship, community and belonging. Their communal way of life was feeding and sustaining them in the biggest game in town, which appears to be connection. And their happy, smiling faces, their demeanour, it showed to be the byproduct of that. So I think it's a great reminder for us to separate out what we think is important to strive for in our lives or what we think we need in order to be happy and at peace and start adding more of this other stuff to our list and seeking that out, investing more of our time and focus in pursuing that which has been proven to provide us with the joy and happiness that we're all ultimately striving for. We just haven't known that we've been leaning our ladder against the wrong wall. We can see so much evidence around the world with those who have reached the top of their ladder only to discover that they didn't find the promised land with all the trimmings of happiness, love and peace. Conversely, those who had bucket loads of community and connection but lacked in the ways that we perceive life should be about are by far experiencing so much more of what we're all grasping at. It's a whole other perspective that we are never encouraged to consider. They say love makes the world go round, but I'm not so sure the economists agree with that proposition. The construct we've all fallen for is the incessant drive to keep our economic cogs turning and growing and our big commercial brands really know how to convince us of that. For all the mind scholars out there who are looking for ways to do life differently, if you found your current way isn't measuring up to what you want or thought it would be, or if you're feeling stuck in your circumstances and would like to transcend those to self-actualize using what you do have control over, join me on the journey of creating it all, just as you imagined it could be. Have a beautifully connected week and we'll see you next week. 
If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out Mind Scholars. It's my monthly coaching membership where we take all of this work to a much deeper level. We study it and then apply it to the everyday in every way. So if you want to take your life to a whole new level, join me in Mind Scholars over at themindmanual.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you there.